Hi friend, do you ever need to create marketing materials easily? Whether you need to make flyers or artwork for your blog, your podcast, or any number of different things, check out Canva. Go to findyourflow.com forward slash Canva. That's C-A-N-V-A. I've been using the free version of Canva for many, many years, and I recently upgraded to the pro version, and it's awesome. So go to findyourflow.com forward slash Canva to learn more. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I'm your host, Winston Wittis, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is all about the long game. The long game. What does that mean to have a long game or a long vision? or long money, you may have heard that thrown around at some point in time, so I want to talk about looking down the line, looking down the path at what's coming up, looking ahead to your future, looking ahead to the things that are likely to be situations, obstacles, um, maybe opportunities that are in store for you. So I'm going to just kind of go over a couple key ideas with this and um, give you some perspective hopefully on why this is important, at least from my perspective, why this is important, why I care about it so much and uh, how this can really help you in your life and if you are trying to do any kind of project or anything or self-betterment or anything in life that is more than a short-term fix or win, then the long game can come into play. So let's get right into it. All right. First idea here is that there are a lot of things in life, and especially here in Western culture, you know, I'm broadcasting from the United States, and we as a general, I'm obviously totally generalizing, but as a general society, as a general culture, I believe that we are, wow, this lady just totally ran a red light and didn't even notice. Totally oblivious. Hello, friend. All right. Um, the long game. Sorry, that was just a little scary. So with short-sightedness, you know, how can we how can we tell if we're being short-sighted or how can why am I what leads me to believe or say that our society, our culture here is generally short-sighted? Well, a few things. One is that if you watch any TV here in the United States, if you watch any commercials or ads, there's a lot of them that are around quick fixes, right? Some kind of medication that you take this magic pill and it will heal this thing you didn't even know you had. You have this disease, uh, you can't sleep at night. Ah, man, you can't sleep at night. Well, gosh, you know you got to sleep at night, so you need a pill. This pill will make you have the best sleep that you've ever had. Side effects may include, you know, sore throat, uh, irritable, irritable bowel syndrome, um, you know, blindness, heartaches, heart attacks, paralysis, death. Uh, you know, consult your doctor. Make sure that this is safe for you. And there's so many ads, you know, I'm obviously just being over the top and facetious a little bit, but it, but not far off, unfortunately, right? There's these kind of insane, you know, on the one hand, it's it's awesome, right? Because we have so many 
amazing scientific breakthroughs and medications that were able to treat all these things that were killing people, you know, not even a hundred years ago. So I'm not totally dissing that or denying that, right? It's it's hugely valuable, especially if you suffer from a real situation and this medication can help you. And I'm also saying that in some of these cases, it's maybe that the the risks outweigh the rewards. And I've seen this with my own family, with my wife, Elena, when uh, she was going through different medications for some health issues, how some of these things were causing way worse symptoms than she was already facing. And then she had to have this other medication to take care of that. And before you know, and then you got to cross, you know, this one with that one and these two have bad side effects together. And so it very quickly got way out of control, like way out of control. And then on top of that, the power of some of these medications, now she happened to be in pain, like a lot of pain. And so this was, you know, really a horrible, horrible situation. And pain medication here in the United States especially is um, extremely strong in some cases. You know, the stuff that she was able to get prescribed to her was uh, like as strong as heroin, basically. And and just hand it over the counter, and uh, and that stuff only works for so long, right? Before you need more of it. It's just like with many drugs, where you can build up kind of a tolerance, but it also has this addiction if you stop it. And then the addiction is actually as bad, if not worse, than the whole thing, you know, being on it, right? So then you got to go to detox to get off this stuff, and and it's an epidemic. It's an epidemic in our country and, uh, you know, it's been acknowledged by people in high places that this is a real concern for our country and possibly other parts of the world um, as well. So this idea of, you know, it's not always easy to take the longer road. In some cases, it may not be necessary or even smart or healthy, right? So I'm not, I want to be very cautious and, and not you know, recognize, I want to recognize that there are absolutely cases where, hey, yeah, this medication or this kind of thing makes sense. And then there are cases where, um, where the long view may come in handy. So let's look at some other less, uh, potentially less serious things than, than what I just talked about. Let's talk about weight loss. Weight loss is a big thing, especially here in the West, because why? Because we are um, a relatively young nation and we are very much about youth championing uh championing and selling youth and this idea of younger is sexier and healthier and better and we all want to be young forever and uh how do you do that well you could do that with plastic surgery another quick fix you could do it with a magic pill you could do it with you know this elixir that elixir and this has probably been stuff that has been on the minds of humanity since we've been around right it's uh snake oil sales people selling uh herbs and oils for what ails you, right? So there's there's definitely an element of, um, you know, just like health. But the other side of the coin, I think, is if we're more in the long view of things and recognizing how the little habits that we do every day build up over time and how that impacts us, our health, our wealth, our happiness, our relationships, society at a larger level, then we may make better decisions in the short term as well because we'll start to see the connection. So I'll give you a, an awesome example that happened today. So yesterday I was thinking about caffeine 
and how much of that, how my opinions, my personal opinions around caffeine have shifted so much in the last year since I've, you know, had this uh, total shift in my lifestyle, my eating and my health and my wellness lifestyle, right? I used to drink a lot of caffeine and, you know, basically all day. And then if I was doing gigs, DJ gigs on the weekends, um, you know, I'd be drinking those big cans of uh, energy drinks, which is, you know, several servings of really powerful caffeine coupled with other herbs and uppers and stimulants and just getting super freaking cracked out for lack of better words, you know, and, um, you know, hyped because I was like, oh, I'm getting all this energy. I'm staying awake and uh, I'm able to do this gig and blah, blah, blah. And I have energy. But it's like, you know, once I realized I, hey, I want to lose weight, and I'm only able to work out so much and the amount that I'm working out is getting me to where I currently am, then I realized, well, gosh, the only thing left is to not eat so much or to cut out calories. That way I can start to burn some of this weight off. And when I started doing that, I started looking at everything I was eating, right? I started counting calories. You've probably heard of counting calories. Maybe you do it already. For me, I'd always heard of it. I remembered, you know, I, I remembered hearing that a lot growing up, you know, counting calories and this and that and Jenny Craig and Weight Watchers and blah, blah, blah. But it never really, you know, it's like, I'm not going to do that. I don't need that. And then, uh, but this last year, it's like, oh, okay, this makes, now it's relevant to me. Now I get it. And so I started really checking out the calories of everything I was eating. And I saw that these sodas, these energy drinks I was drinking had tons of calories. You know, like it was all just, you know, completely, you know, oh, a couple hundred calories. Okay, cool. Oh, you know, this 27 grams of sugar. It's like, well, that doesn't sound like many grams of sugar are pretty small. And then I learned like, oh, it's not like each individual little sugar gram. It's it, which never, you know, I never bothered to think that all the way through. I think at some level I probably knew it didn't quite add up, but I also probably didn't really want to know that, right? And but now I was I was forced to look at it. I was like, man, I'm gonna have six pack abs by 40. I got two years. I, I'm making this happen regardless. And no matter if I have to starve myself, you know. And I'm not promoting that at all. You know, please, for the love of all things holy, do not send me crazy emails about these things. Okay, I know. Okay, <laughs> I know, friend. Um, but that, that, that was my mindset. Like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I'm only able to go jujitsu at, you know, this last year. It's only been about once a week, maybe twice a week, but mostly it's once a week. And then whatever I can do during the week at home in my garage. And for six months out of this year, I didn't even have that because we were doing work at our house. So I didn't even have that. I had one day a week of working out and the rest I had to figure out with diet. So I, you better believe I got really a lot smarter about my diet. So I was looking at these energy drinks and I was looking at my lunches and I used to eat a whole fat burrito many times throughout the week, a whole burrito and bean and rice, you know, that's my jam, bean and rice burrito, the whole thing with a double or with one of those big cans of energy drink. Why? So that I wouldn't hit that food coma, right? So if you eat the whole burrito, it's going to have a food coma, but guess what? I could just kind of Caffeinate, caffeinate my way through it if I just drink enough energy drink while I'm eating it. Sounds insane. Maybe you think it sounds brilliant. At the time, I thought it was pretty brilliant. I was pretty proud of myself. I felt like crap. My stomach always was hating me 
I had horrible stomach issues my whole life until this last year. And, um, and I couldn't figure out why. Go figure. And the, the caffeine, right? So then I was like, I was cutting back on that. I started cutting, but I was still drinking coffee. I was still drinking coffee all the way up to like noon or one or two in the afternoon. And, um, and I was still having all these stomach issues, right? And then, you know, as I'm cutting things out, cut this out, cut that out, cut out this sugar, cut out that sugar, cut out this carb, cut out that, uh, whatever cheese, you know, cut out, um, energy drinks, cut out coffee. And as I kept cutting things out, eventually I got to the point where, you know, I wasn't like eating anything and, um, just super basic, like, you know, brown rice and vegetables. And, um, and what was, and then I, you know, started fasting, doing the intermittent fasting, which if you're not familiar with it, there's different ways to do it. I'm not a dietitian. Obviously, none of this is dietary advice. Always consult your doctor. I started doing the, the um, intermittent fasting after reading about it online and after I hit a plateau. And uh, there's different ways to do it. I, for me, I start eating at noon and I have, um, and then I stop eating at 8 p.m. And then I'll fast from 8 p.m. at night all the way through till noon the next day. So this was huge for me for a bunch of reasons. One is I used to stay up super late every night. So like midnight, 1, 2, and wake up at 6 and do it again the next day. So my sleeping patterns were pretty horrible, but it was okay because I had so much caffeine in my system. You know, I could do it and it just worked fine. Um, and I, you know, that was just a, a habit that I would, had for, I've had for years since I was, since I was a teenager, I've been doing that, right? Now with the caffeine, the caffeine didn't come till later, but I used to just stay up all night working on stuff anyway. And so the caffeine element, um, you know, I was cutting out the caffeine, the coffee, and I was like, okay. Uh, no, I cut out the coffee, switched to caffeine, um, to tea, green tea. And I was still having stomach issues. And I still hadn't figured out the caffeine element yet. I still kept thinking, that nah, can't be that, you know, somehow it's just my stomach. It's just my stomach. I've always had bad stomach issues and um, it just is what it is, right? And so then there was a while I um, switched and I was doing, I tested, uh, so I test things, you know, that's, that's kind of my personality. I like to test things and see if they really work or not. It's one thing to read about it. It's one thing to hear somebody else say it. But for me, I got to know for me if it really works. So, so I'm testing, uh, I was testing pre-workout, right? Pre-workout is, who knows what's in this stuff. They've, they've got it all listed there, like, you know, but it's, it's just insanely, it's just chemicals, right? It's like, pure, I, can, I can't even say any of it, but you know what I'm talking about probably. And the, the containers are super cool. They look like chrome and like, ah, uh, they just look awesome. Like if I drink this stuff, I'm Superman. And that's kind of how you feel. And um, it's, it is, and some of the guys, oh, so we were at the office today and, uh, you know, some of the guys were talking about caffeine and I was like, man, I was just thinking about caffeine last night. And they were saying basically the same thing I was about how like they would just get on edge and, uh, you know, pick, get in fights with their partners or, um, you know, go home all stressed out and just pacing around all anxious. And it was like, yeah, that's how I used to be too. And I never realized why. I'd always think I would remember like, oh, I drink this, pre, this pre-workout or I had a, a cup of coffee and uh, I'll just remember that. And so I'll be able to be calm even though I have this caffeine. I'll just be pumped up and ready to, to be focused and energized and do work. And the reality is that just was not the case at all. 
the, the reality was I would get super anxious and stressed out and ready to, to crack or snap um, at the slightest, stupidest thing. And I knew that I shouldn't be that on edge. I knew it, but I still couldn't do anything about it because it was like my – and I've heard people say like, oh, it makes your skin crawl. And I never really got that kind of um, explanation or description, but – but then one day it kind of hit me. It's like, oh, this kind of is that. Like Ethan, our, our little guy, was crying. and uh, Or he was doing this other noise. He used to do this noise that would just get under my skin really bad. And I couldn't even be around it. Like I'd have to put him in his room and close the door until he was done because I just couldn't handle this sound. It hit all the frequencies that just rubbed me the wrong way. Plus, like I said, I was on caffeine and didn't really realize how much of an impact that was having on me it was putting me and so it was like i couldn't escape the sound i felt it through my whole body and it was like people say like my skin was crawling or it was just like getting under my skin i couldn't do anything it was a horrible horrible feeling and I, it's like it's my boy i love the heck out of this guy i don't want you know i know how lucky i am to have him i know how lucky uh we are that he's healthy and happy and um you know such a good little boy every other time but here we are in this situation and even though logically I know all of these things and I'm looking at it I'm also freaking the heck out inside because I have no control over this situation and you can't logic with a, a you know 18 month old they don't care about your logic they just care about being hungry or just throwing a fit because you're whatever you know and the caffeine I didn't realize how how much stress that was causing me in these situations where, yeah, I probably had been stressed anyway, but because I had my heart rate accelerated, because I was already hadn't been accelerated all day, and my adrenal glands are all freaking shot because I'm just pumped up and you know ready for fight or flight 24/7. You know what kind of toll was that taking on my body? What kind of like long term? effects does that really have if i was you know like if i was constantly stressed out and on edge all day every day for years which i basically had been it's like well that can't be good for me right can't be good for the people around me either because they have to deal with me all cranky and insane but on top of that like what are the long-term effects so as I was able to get back tuned into this more shorter term goal of like hey six-pack abs lose this weight get get back in shape, I was able to start dialing in what, how all these things were affecting me. And one thing that was also interesting, as I started eating a lot healthier, I started cutting out all the processed foods that I was eating and just getting down to like the most basic kind of foods. Like, okay, what foods can I eat that will take the least amount of energy to digest? It's like, well, probably, you know, I'm already vegetarian, so that part was easy for me. But I, but I wasn't a healthy vegetarian, as I just shared. Right? I used to eat a bunch of junk that was just processed junk. So I was like, okay, let's be a healthy vegetarian. And what if I just focused on eating actual plants, like plant-based diet, for real, and not processed plants like the chips and stuff that are made out of vegetables and colored like vegetables. And what if I ate actual vegetables? So, okay, just crazy enough to work, right? What if I did that? And then I saw this cool interview with Bruce Lee where I read about it. And because, um, you know, I started, I was like, okay, well, let, let me find some guys who are about my size so I can start to see how much do they weigh, 
what percentage body fat do they have? What do, you know, do they talk about what they eat and their exercise regimes? So I can find a model, right? I talk about this a lot in this podcast, finding a good model and finding good systems that you can tap into so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. I'm huge on this, right? This is, this is a big hack for life as far as I'm concerned is find somebody that's doing what you want or has what you want, do what they do and you'll get what they've got, right? I didn't make that up, but I don't know who did. And so, uh, if you do, there you go. So you follow that person's, you find a role model and then you model, you model after them. You do what they do. So I was looking at Bruce Lee and he's like way shorter and way lighter. So I was like, ah, not quite the model, but still pretty darn good. There's a lot of other things I can model from him. And so I was looking at his exercise regime and I, I saw this thing where he's talking about diet and he's like, yeah, as a martial artist, you know, I basically uh, want to be able to move fast and, and light. And he's like, so um, for him, it was all about like rice and vegetables because he wants something light that he can digest fast and be quick with. And I was just like, well, there you go. Bruce Lee, the freaking man, says rice and vegetables. That's mostly what he eats. And at least from this interview, that's what I picked up. And I was like, that's freaking cool. That confirms, you know, my, my guess here, my uh, theory, right? And... Um, and my own experiences, because when I was 21, I did eat meat for a week. I gave it a full shot. It was very hard to digest. Now, granted, I hadn't eaten meat for 20 years up to that or uh, 15 years really much before that. So it's probably a pretty good guess that I was going to have trouble digesting it and it wasn't going to feel good. But also, um, it just it just didn't, you know, and it was like, wow, this is really heavy. Like I could feel how much heavier it was in my stomach and how, how much more energy it took for me to digest it. And so long view, again, it comes down to like this idea of like, well, okay, if I'm eating these things and it takes me a long time to digest and then before I'm fully digested all that and burned it all off, I'm eating more. And then before I've even finished burning off that, all that and digesting that, I'm burning off even more or I'm eating even more. Well, that's, a surefire way to, to be adding fat, right? Because fat is just storage. So I've got excess calories and excess fuel coming in and I'm not burning it quick enough to keep up. Well, that gets stored for later as fat. It's so basic, right? It's so freaking basic. But there's these delays. It's not an overnight process to lose weight, at least for most of us, or at least for me it wasn't, right? I lost it pretty quick once I figured out some basic things, but it still it took time. And so... As I was learning these things better, one, again, it was like realizing like, oh, okay, I can't just do this for a few days and expect to see results, which sucked. That was a hard, lame lesson. Like, no, I got to do this for weeks. I got to stop eating breakfast for weeks. Like, man, well, I like eating breakfast. You know, I, that's where I eat all my carbs, well, my bagel and cream cheese or my croissant or my whatever carb of the day. So I cut all that out and I was like, oh, my stomach's going to get upset. It's going to be, you know, freaking out even more. And guess what? It was a little rough the first couple of days, but then actually my stomach started getting happier because I was able to burn off all the stuff I didn't finish from yesterday. And uh, now it's like I, I don't even get hungry till noon. It's effortless. It's my habit, my daily habits, my routine. I don't even have to think about it. Sometimes I might notice a little bit, but then guess what? I just uh, find a new something I should be working on. Boom, flies by. It's noon, ready to eat. What do I eat at noon? Well, gosh, on the weekends, I eat whatever the heck I want, friend. I eat whatever the heck I want. Last weekend, we had 
pizza. I had pizza so I got sick. I don't encourage that, but it's darn fun to be able to do. I had beers. I think I may even had a burrito this weekend, or that was the weekend before. But every weekend I eat, like, my favorite foods. Burritos, pizza, beers, veggie burgers. And I can, and I can get right back to my weight because I understand now, hey, if I have two super heavy meals in the, in the same day, that's going to take me days longer to lose than if I just have one super meal a day and then the rest is like more vegetable heavy, more more plant-based. And even with plant-based, there's carbs, right? Because then there was a while I was testing, well, I could just eat as many beans and rice as I want. That's it's all plants. It's fine. It's good. It's good stuff for me. It's protein. It's a, you know all this and that. But even that takes time to digest. So uh, and so I I want to give you guys just a sense of how how bare bone I got, so that you got to get a sense of like how how I came to all these conclusions. So I cut everything out, and for a while I was doing a bean and rice. Bean, I was doing a burrito diet, which was. You know, kind of ridiculous, let's be honest, but it's also super awesome because it really, I was able to maintain my weight perfectly. I'd go to, I'd actually have Elena go to the burrito shop for me. She'd order four burritos and I'd cut them in half and take half for lunch every day. So that's half of the calories that I used to consume for a normal lunch. Plus, remember, I'm doing the intermittent fasting, so I'm not eating breakfast either. That would save me probably 500 calories. Plus, I'm not having a super huge energy drink, which was easily another couple hundred calories. So instantly, right there, I'm cutting 500 or more calories out of breakfast, another few hundred out of my drink. I switched to water or bubbly water, and then um, half a burrito in addition to that. So you better believe I started losing weight pretty darn quick, right? And then I was, and then, uh, but I was also eating chips with it. I would get these super delicious chips. And uh, one of the guys, you know, I was asking him, he's pretty ripped dude. I was like, dude, how do you, um, you know, I was like, tell him my goal. I was like, yeah, my goal is to get six pack abs. And he's like looking at my food and he's like laughing, but he's also seen me lose a lot of weight. So he knows I'm serious. And he's like, well, you know, those chips add up. And I was like, ah, it's like you're, you're eating, you know, every four of those chips is like a whole tortilla. I was like, son of a gun, I'm eating these things by the handful, right? I'm just like devouring tortillas right now. And they're deep fried on top of that, right? So it's like, okay, well, that was a little sneaky thing I managed to sneak in there. So it's like, well, yeah, you want to lose that extra thing, you got to cut those out. So I did. Then at a certain point, I was like, you know, let's be honest with ourselves here, Winston. We know that there's probably a lot of lard, probably a lot of butter and salt in these beans and rice. And this tortilla is delicious, and so it also probably has butter and sugar and stuff in it that's not, and you know, not the best. So what if I just deconstruct this and just make beans and rice without this, and then add in some vegetables? And so that's what I started doing, and uh, you know, lost even more weight, got got decently ripped, ripped to the point where my wife, who all along, and I don't mean that, you know, you, when, for you guys that don't know us personally, my wife is the best ever, right? You know, so. Um, those of you guys who are my personal friends, you guys already know that I, that for me, Elena is the only one ever, and she's the best in the whole wide world, and I love her. And um, but so I just want you guys that that aren't our personal friends to just know that you know I'm saying a lot of this stuff jokingly, but it's funny because it's true kind of thing, right? So, um, so what what was the point of that? I don't even know. So 
burritos, beans and rice. Oh, so, you know, when I was way at my top weight and I was telling her, I was like, I'm going to lose this weight. I'm going to get ripped. I'm going to have six pack abs. She was just like, no, you don't get ripped. She, and I was like, you know, I'm losing weight. I'm losing weight. I'm losing weight. And I'm just like telling her, I'm going to, I'm going to have six pack abs. That's what I'm working toward. And, uh, you know, at a certain point people kind of, it, you know, just, and I did a whole episode on this, the weight, if you, uh, look up that episode, uh, I go into a lot more depth about my experiences of losing weight and how society treated me and how people around me changed and or didn't change, uh, you know, as a result of me losing weight. Okay. Super crazy, interesting topic for me. Uh, so, so she's telling me, you know, Hey, like you don't get, you're not going to get ripped. You're not, you don't, you know, stop losing weight. You're too skinny. You're not ripped. You don't, you're too skinny, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, of course that's not what I wanted to hear, but at the same time, I'm also the kind of person that's kind of like, you know what? I don't care what you think. I'm going to do it anyway, because that's how I roll. You know, this is my goal and you can't stop me, right? You can keep trying to feed me this stuff, but I'm just not going to eat it. And, um, I'm on me like that, right? It's okay, friends. I'll be honest. I'm kind of stubborn when it comes to certain things. And so I got to a point where one day she's like, wow, I, you're, wow, Winston, you're ripped. And I, like, I was like, wait, what? And she's like, you're ripped. It's like, holy crap. <laughs> From her mouth, it happened. She acknowledged that I was ripped, you know? And it felt pretty amazing, I must admit because I didn't think she'd ever vocalize it, even if I did do it, right? And uh, But she, she couldn't deny it. She couldn't deny it. So, um, so that was a big goal. That was a big win. And when that happened, it was, um, you know, I had this long vision. And it took me about a year, friends, to, to get to the point where that happened, from the top of my weight down to the goal where it's like, okay, I literally don't feel safe going any lower than this. Uh, I'm at the very bottom of where I care to go health-wise. And, uh, you know, again, I'm still not working out a ton, but I was doing more push-ups and pull-ups and some other exercises. I started working into my routine at home, and I had just enough muscle mass to be kind of ripped. So as I've been getting cleaner with my eating, more focused, more dialed in, I've, you know, been able to pick out on the weekends, but... Even on the weekends, after I do it, a lot of times I realize, you know what? I can't wait to get back into my weekday eating routine because during the week, I eat the same lunch every day. I meal prep on the on Sunday. That's one of my routines. It's a flow activity for me. I create all my lunches for the week, which consists uh, this week, last like probably four or five weeks, it's been barley, pearl barley, and then either lentils. Or um, this week I didn't have any beans to go with it, but I like using either lentils or um, black beans. And then um, Brussels sprouts this week and broccoli. Last week was broccoli and carrots, and I steam all the vegetables so that way they're all ready to go. I like them steamed. And then I put a little bit of soy sauce and some red crushed pepper or some uh, Chinese spicy mustard. And stuff that is not salad dressing or heavy or anything like that. Super light, very low calorie but it has some flavor to it. And it is, it's, oh, and then each of them has a, uh, I take baked tofu, one of those squares, uh, Trader Joe's has these baked tofu squares, and I have one of those along with lunch every day. I 
cut it up into cubes, and that's my lunch. Super basic, super simple, all plant-based. Now, obviously, the baked tofu has been processed, uh, very high in protein. People have asked me, like, all the time, you know, how do you get your protein? That's one way, in addition to having a chocolate protein coffee in the morning. I do still have a bit of caffeine. Don't want to let you guys think that I'm totally anti-caffeine. I just significantly cut it back, and uh, I don't drink it if I'm not at home to deal with it. Um, and so... Yeah. Oh, so this long view of having done it for so long now, for months and months now, I, I can, I'm much more sensitive to what I put into my body. And I've always heard, you know, people talk about this kind of stuff. And I was just kind of like, whatever, you know, like, I don't think it makes so much of a difference. Look at me. I'm, I'm awesome. And I eat a whole burrito and a whole huge thing of sugar crack every day. And I'm feel great. And it's like, yeah, it was okay. But like, dude, me now at uh, lightweight, you know, I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm a lightweight right now. I was a heavyweight before. Me at this weight could kick my butt at that other weight. I could literally run circles around me and uh, for real. And um, I feel wonderful because I am fast and light and I can move so much easier and so much less energy and so much less damage on my joints, which I'm not super old, but I already noticed these things, right? You know, 30s, for me at least, definitely more aware of uh, the aches and pains, especially because I haven't always been super kind to my body as, um, you know, an athlete and or doing dumb things as kids. So so these things, uh, the long, long vision, right? Being young, certain things I didn't have very long vision on. Relationships I did. I realized very young that I wanted to settle down and get married right away. I did not want to screw on with dating. I sucked at it and I wanted to get that part over with as quick as possible, find the one so that I could just settle down and be done with that side of, of life. And fortunately, I did find the one pretty early in life, right in community college. We did long-term dating for a couple of years and then and we both one thing I think that's really important to point out here um, with relationships, and or at least with ours, that I feel is important is that long view. Like, where do you want to be 10, 20 years down the road? And does your partner want to be in that same place? And if not, is that a deal breaker or not? Or is there a way you can still support each other with your visions going in slightly different directions or maybe going in completely other directions? And just taking the time to look down the line together and make those kind of plans, I think it's a really important thing that I don't always think people do. And, and what, you know, where do I get off saying this kind of thing? Well, uh, one of my other life things that I've done in this life has been as a wedding uh, DJ. And that also basically entails planning a lot of weddings or helping plan a lot of weddings. So I've worked with a lot of couples over the years, right? And, um, you know, not to judge any of them. I, I don't know their lives, but it's just one of those things where, you know, sometimes I just wonder like, hey, you know, how, how and I ask them, you know, where'd you guys meet? How do you know? It? Blah, blah. And it's always, you know, when you're getting married, it's always like the fun part, right? It's the planning. We're going to be together forever and this and that. But unfortunately, these things just don't always work out forever. That's just the hard reality. And so, and sometimes it's situations outside of our control, you know, that's totally a thing. Um, and other times it's things that, you know, maybe the person changes or whatever their priorities or their long-term vision changes. 
who knows? But I think a lot of things can be made. I think we can support each other better in partnerships, in domestic partnerships, life partnerships, if we're looking down the road together, down the long view. So that's, again, kind of just uh, where I want to wrap it up today is get into this long view. And what does that look like for you? You know, 10, 15, 20 years, 30, 40, however old you are, where do you want to be then? Who are you spending your time with in a perfect version of that future self of you? What kind of activities are you doing now that you'll still be doing then? And which activities are you not going to be able to do then? So this is important too. Let's say you're a football player, right? You know, professional athletes don't have that long generally, depending on the sport, don't always have super long careers, right? Football, baseball, you know, football especially, these guys are beating the heck out of themselves. If they make it, you know, a few years in the game at a high level, that's really something amazing, right? And they're going to take a beating. And they may not feel it for years to come, but down the line, there's a good chance some of those things are going to feel, right? My uncle points this out to me all the time. He's older, and he was a boxer, and he boxed for the Army. He was in the Army. And, um, you know, he's just, like, always telling me, I wish I when I played football when I was a kid. You know, he took hits when he was young, and he, you know, feels them now. And, uh, and then as a boxer, he said, you know, he can't barely pick things up sometimes because his hands are so sore. And he's always on painkillers for his hands or uh, ibuprofen or whatever, Tylenol. And that's just a result of things he did when he was young. But he's, you know, now that's going to be with him for the rest of his life. So he always encouraged me um, as I was younger to pick up a sport like golf. Like, you know, golf is a way less dangerous on your body. You know, far fewer injuries and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So the long view, friends. So for me, I always try to look for things, hey, how long can I, is this something I can do for the rest of my life? And so for me, what are those things? Music, being able to play instruments, love being able to play instruments, jujitsu, um, you know, as long as I'm not trying to compete at a super high level for a long time, which I'm not, uh, it's probably something I can do for the rest of my life. That's my plan, right? Um, spend time with my family, of course. That's something forever that I want to do. My wife, we have long-term visions that we work on together. We do um, vision boards together and write out goals together, and we work on those things as a team. And that's something I feel that's really powerful for us that's kept us together through a lot of you know trial and uh, tribulations and whatnot. So having that long-term vision, even especially when we've been in the, the challenging times, is I believe partly what's helped us pull through is that we had a vision of something bigger than us. And that way we always had something to work toward. And the times when we've lost that vision is when we kind of fight amongst ourselves. And that's, you know, if we're not looking ahead or looking above toward the higher awareness, consciousness, bigger picture, if you want to call it God, um, bigger plans that we're co-creating with this all and, and with each other specifically, then we're not, how are we ever going to get there? How will we know if we're even on the right path, right? So that's the long view. So do you have a vision board? Do you have a dream board? Do you have something that helps you to tie into that thing for you every day so that you know you're moving, uh, whether you're moving closer or further away from it? And if not, I'd encourage you to do that. If so, then look at it, refine it if it needs to be refined. Make it happen, make it awesome. Keep that vision where there is no vision that people perish, right? So get clear on your vision, your burning desire, tap into it, hold the long view because chances are it may take longer than you hoped or thought. 
and uh, double down if it's something that you really want make it happen so thank you friend for listening I appreciate you keep after it and until next time my friend be flowing Well, thanks for listening, friend. By the way, do you have a story that you would like to share with other flowers? Maybe you'd like to put it in a book. Well, go to findyourflow.com forward slash author club and learn how you can publish your own book or become a published author in the Find Your Flow book series. Simply go to findyourflow.com forward slash author club, all one word, and be sure to join the free Facebook group while you're at it. Thanks, friend. And until next time, be flowing.